Yes, sir, and welcome, welcome, welcome to episode three of the Good Look Podcast. I am your host, Leonard Pinkney, a.k.a. L. Pinkney, a.k.a. Agent P. Ready to give you guys another episode here on the Good Look Pod. But we're under very, very unique circumstances here. The league that I love the most is in the direct spotlight tonight. This is being recorded tonight on March 11th. And the entire league has been flipped upside down. There are moments every so often in the sports realm where something happens that just stops us dead in our tracks. And it just makes us think about the world at large. I mean, and it felt like we already had that moment this year with the the tragic passing of Kobe. But 2020 continues to throw curveballs at us. And now the NBA has suspended play indefinitely. The timeline of events that went on from the morning till this evening were they were kind of crazy you started to see some of the reports that the NBA was toying with the idea of possibly playing games without fans because that's what the NCAA was was putting out there obviously the NCAA has a lot of stake It's March Madness. It's their biggest time of the year. They wanted to try to find any way they could to try to play these games. And then a little bit around maybe 10 a.m., 11 a.m. today, the Warriors put out a statement along with, obviously, the city of San Francisco saying that they weren't going to have public gatherings of over 1,000 people, and that would obviously include Warriors games. So the Warriors were going to play their next scheduled game without fans. Then over the course of the day, the game started as scheduled. They went on normally. Until the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz almost started their game. Both teams warmed up. Both teams were on the court. And all of a sudden, right before tip, an official, a team official ran onto the court and alerted the the referees that this is something that has to be postponed for now. Eventually, the PA announcer said it over the loudspeaker that the game would be postponed and eventually canceled. And it was later found out through Adrian Wojnarowski that Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for having the coronavirus. And obviously the NBA facing this incredibly significant issue. Decided that they were going to cancel that game. There was the Nuggets and the Mavericks game that was halfway through and ended up finishing out 
And then they were supposed to have one more game between the Pelicans and the Kings. That ended up being canceled as well because an official had just refed a Utah Jazz game. And now it's official. The NBA has suspended the season indefinitely. Now, this is something unprecedented. It's something that's obviously uncharted territory for everyone involved. I'm sure other sports and other leagues are going to follow suit. I don't know how the NCAA is going to keep their tournament on. If we just keep it locked on the NBA really quick, the Jazz have played multiple opponents and those teams have played other people, so... There's teams like the Knicks and the Raptors and the Cavs who already been who already had their players told they need a self-quarantine. Team officials, coaches need a self-quarantine. It's it's incredible. This is a big time of the year for all sports. There's Champions League going on in soccer. There's obviously the NBA winding down its season and getting into the playoffs. As mentioned before, the NCAA in March Madness. Uh, Baseball's got spring training. They're going to be starting their opening day soon. Now those are going to be affected most likely. The Masters in golf, the biggest tournament in the world. That that tournament's probably going to be affected too. So this this hits a lot. But obviously with public health and public safety being at the forefront, I mean, all of us wish the games could still go on because inherently sports are a distraction. There's something that gets our mind off of the real world things. But the crossover between these two was, it was inevitable. So now we wait. Most teams had about 16, 17-ish games left. Equates to about a month. Um, Just for a little bit of reference, I believe travel from Europe to the U.S. has been temporarily, temporarily banned. For at least 30 days. We're going to continue reading up. Continue. Trying to stay updated on everything as much as possible. and Hopefully the real ones who are actually on the ground. And, and doing a lot of the grunt work that it's going to take to fight this thing. Hopefully they get all the support they can get. And something happens as soon as possible, not obviously just to get these games on, because that's not the concern. Just to try to somewhat get life back in order. So I'd applaud the NBA for taking this step. Moving forward and, and suspending play for now, it's 
player safety, coaches safety, everyone involved, fan safety, obviously. It's something that needed to be addressed, and I'm glad the NBA is taking strides to do that. So, unfortunately for me, this podcast is all about the NBA. So, me for selfish reasons, because I love the league so much, I'm I'm saddened by it, but obviously I understand. And I had a whole podcast today, and I was pretty excited about it. Still am about the questions that people brought into me on my Instagram. I really appreciate everyone who wrote out questions for me so I could go ahead and answer them. I'm still going to go ahead and do that, but obviously there's just a different feel to the answers I'm going to give, knowing that we don't even know if this season's going to continue. But I'll try my best to answer what I can answer, obviously with the caveat of what's going on. And I'll try to give you guys something nice to listen to before we go into a little bit of our own hiatus. And just see what happens with the league going forward. Alright, so I'm going to start hitting some of these mailbag questions. Once again, appreciate everybody who sent in a question. Um, some of them are pretty creative. A lot of them are uh, hot button issues going on in the league. So let's get it started. This first question comes in from Tommy Brown. Tommy came in and gave a, a real good question. He asked, what is the biggest what-if scenario of the season, and how would that, how would it have played out? And for me, the answer is twofold. And I guess coincidentally, we're talking about public health. My biggest what if goes into the health of the actual NBA players going into the season. We had five significant injuries go down that prevented some of the most important players in the league from playing this year. KD tore his Achilles. Klay Thompson tore his ACL. Steph Curry broke his hand in the second or third game of the year. Zion missed the calendar year of 2019. And after a really torrid stretch, Kyrie Irving eventually got soldier surgery. So my first biggest what if is if those guys had been healthy from the beginning of the year. This NBA season would have been spectacular. Zion from the beginning, the Pelicans would definitely be in the playoffs right now. They'd definitely be knocking on the door of maybe a 6-7 seed. And 
and that the connections that they build between Lonzo and, and Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, those would only be stronger. And they'd just be a more solidified team. See, a Zion being healthy would have been incredible. Right from the jump. And then we'd have the Warriors and the Nets being contenders this year. Imagine how great this season has been already. We got the Lakers and the Clippers at the top of the heap in the West. And imagine if we had Steph, Clay, and Draymond and the Warriors still knocking on the door. Three powerhouse teams in the West. That would have been incredible to watch and incredible to see play out throughout the year. In the East, the Bucks have gone largely unopposed most of the year. But if they had a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie to go up against, that's pretty even to me. And you'd have two Titans out East going at it, and that would have been incredible watch too. So yeah, man, I really wish that those guys stayed healthy at the beginning of the year. Hopefully they all come back. Zion's already playing and we appreciate it because that kid's been so damn exciting to watch. We hope all the other guys come back healthy this this next upcoming season and and just give us more title contenders because when we have more title contenders, it's, it makes the league more exciting. It makes the game more exciting. And it's just nice to have those great players back in the game. The league's missed Steph. The league has missed Clay. The league has definitely missed KD. So we hope those guys get healthy as soon as possible and continue to entertain us on the basketball court. My second what if would be if Bradley Beal didn't sign his extension before the uh, beginning of the season. Beal signed a two-year, $72 million extension with a player option to uh, terminate it on the third. If he didn't, Bradley Beal at the trade deadline would have been one of the hottest assets in the league to try to obtain. Teams like the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, Thunder, Philly, all those teams would have been looking for a dynamic combo guard who can shoot, penetrate, and playmate. And he plays a little bit of defense too. Imagine if you had Bradley Beal on the Sixers or Bradley Beal on the Nuggets or the Bucks. That just, he instantly makes those teams a whole hell of a lot better. And it turns teams like maybe Denver and, and Philly from just okays to, all right, we might have to deal with these guys in the playoffs. So yeah, that's my number two, Bradley Beal. If he didn't sign his extension, things might be a little bit different this year. Next question comes from my guy Jarwin Cruz. He asked, who was the biggest threat to the Bucks in the East? Now, I don't think it's the Celtics. The Celtics have... Uh, great size and length on the perimeter. Good wing defenders, good two-way guys, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, 
Jalen Brown. But they really don't have any true post guys to stop Giannis. Um, and there are questions about Kemba Walker's health. I don't think it's the Heat, even though they are 2-0 against them this year. One of those wins was early in the year. It was like the first or second game of the year, so that doesn't really count, but still. They present somewhat of a challenge because of because of Bam Adebayo. And Jimmy Butler's got big game experience. But other than that, the rest of that team is still really young. Largely unproven. And if they went into a series against the Bucks, I'd I'd, I'd still take Milwaukee in about five or six. Philadelphia's a mess. I don't trust them at all. So it may come as a surprise to some of you. But obviously, I'm answering these questions without the specter of the season being potentially over. But if I'm answering these things in in a present tense as if the games were still going to be played, the biggest threat to the East or biggest threat to the Bucks in the East is going to be the Toronto Raptors. Pascal has been a close approximation to Kawhi this year. All-star starter, definitely deserved it. The team is second in the East still. Kyle Lowry still plays well. Norman Powell has really stepped it up. And that entire team has been just ravaged with injuries all year. Serge Ibaka has been out. Gasol has been out. Pretty much all of their players have been out for some portion of the season. And they still picked up the scraps. Nick Nurse is an excellent coach. One of the best game planners in the league. Best uh, in-game adjusters in the league. He's got them near the top of the East. And that's without Kawhi. And they were the team that did have the blueprint to stop Giannis last year. So if there was a... uh, If there was a team that I would pick to challenge Milwaukee the most, it would be still those Toronto Raptors. This next question comes in from the homie Brian Regular. He asked, if Clay and Steph weren't hurt, who would they have replaced on the All-Star team? So the two guys I think would have been replaced are Russell Westbrook and Donovan Mitchell. If you're getting a typical year from Steph, you're looking at 25 to 28 points a game. Six, seven assists. Great shooting percentages. He is going to be a starter. Klay Thompson comes in. He's going to take over one of those spots for sure. Donovan Mitchell. This is more so the Utah Jazz are probably only going to get one spot. I would have given the spot to Gobert. And Russell Westbrook. Before the February surge, he was playing okay. But if you're having a typical Clay year, typical Steph year, they're a top two, three seed in the West. They would have knocked out both of those guys. Next question comes in from Taylor Castro. Taylor asked, is Pascal Siakam single? The answer is yes, Taylor. Moving on. All right, this next question comes in from Hoa. 
He asks, what team do you not want to see in the first round of the Western Conference? Now, they just beat my Nuggets tonight, but the Dallas Mavericks, although a strong team, wouldn't be one that I'd be particularly afraid of. Their offense is actually was on an all-time pace for offensive efficiency. But defensively, they're still just middle of the pack. I believe they're 17th in defensive rating. I wouldn't pick the Grizzlies. They're just too young. Too many guys who don't have that big game experience. You'd be relying on Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr. and a lot of guys who just haven't done it yet. It's a rule that them uh, young teams just don't win in the postseason. It is what it is. So if I had to pick a team you wouldn't want to see in the first round, if they did make it to the postseason, I would have picked the Pelicans. Uh, It goes beyond the numbers with Zion. It's his impact. It's his reverse gravity on the court. Guys are just drawn to him. And then when he drives, nobody wants to get in the way. And it's not that... And they just don't have young pieces. They have veterans there. Derek Favors, Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick. Guys who have been there, who have been in tough situations in the postseason. And if that team had to, had the chance to, to gel earlier in the year, you kind of see how, how successful they can be right now. So if I was a team in the first round, I w- if I was the Lakers or Clippers, I wouldn't necessarily be scared, but I know I'd be in for a a tough series knowing I had to deal with those guys. So my pick would be the, the New Orleans Pelicans. All right, this coming this next question comes from Jay Nice. Janice, she asks. It's not actually a question really. She just wants to know if we could get some women's basketball or an occasional w, uh, WNBA segment in there. And of course WNBA is in their offseason right now. They would have started the season in May. Hopefully they still can. And I for sure can get some women's segments on here. Shout out to the homie Paige Beckers. Number one recruit in the country hitting UConn. She's she's dope. And a homie Sabrina Ionescu from Oregon. She's a hooper. We'll definitely get some women's... uh. Women's mentions and shout outs here eventually. Next question comes in from Jack Mahler. Jack asks if the Nuggets are taking the chip. <laughs> oh man, Jack, my dude. Uh, these Nuggets, man. Obviously, I'm a Nuggets fan, but I'm realistic too. There's no way this team would win a title this year. As time has gone on and the more I've watched this team, it's two things. It's one, teams don't go in feeling like they have to be scared of the Nuggets. They understand they're a good team. They understand they have depth and they're solid. But no one on that team strikes fear in you. Like you see Kawhi, you know he's coming downhill on you. He's going to hit you with the shoulders. Stack back moves. He's going to keep you on your heels. LeBron James, obviously LeBron James. Giannis. They have guys who you're afraid of. And the rest of the team follows suit. 
Jokic, being our best player, he's an incredible player. And I love my guy. But he just doesn't have the assertive nature and he doesn't have the imposing presence of a guy that most people fear. Everyone knows he's a great player, great passer. But people see his limitations and feel like they can take advantage of him sometimes. And to me... In my estimation, I don't know if he can be the number one option for a team. I think it's just in his nature to want to pass. And as much as I'd love for him to just be in the post and drop 12 points a game down there, the way that the game works and the way that the offense runs, they're not going to do that. Which makes no sense because his post game is incredible. He has incredible touch and footwork, but Malone doesn't do that. I that's It's a different segment for another day, but... I think the Nuggets' biggest mistake this year was not ingratiating Michael Porter Jr. into the lineup more. We've had Jamal Murray for four years now. He has an average more than 20 points a game. I think he kind of is what he is. He had that one stretch when he came back from the ankle injury where he was averaging close to 27 a night. He was shooting a bunch of threes. That's the Jamal Murray that I love. That's the Jamal Murray I've always wanted for the Nuggets. A guy who has a good three-point shot, who should shoot six to eight a game and stay aggressive at all times. No pump faking, no bullcrap passes. Just look for your shot all the time. But he's in his fourth year and he hasn't averaged more than 20 a night. I kind of think he is who he is. But you have... You still had this 6'10", do-everything on offense, small forward, who makes the offensive game look really easy. And Malone has relegated him to maybe 5 to 10 minutes a night. And when he is on the court, he's never put in a position to score. The Nuggets just run pick and roll and keep Michael Porter Jr. in the corner all the time. Hopefully, if we get the games back on, or if you just watch an old Nuggets game, you watch some highlights, you'll see. If he isn't crashing the offensive glass or running in transition, he never really gets the ball. And I think that's a really big mistake on our part for not developing him more this year. Because he's the type of, he's the prototype player, and he's the type of archetype of a player that you want in terms of a title contender. A big, long wing who can score in multiple ways. He can pass, too. Double team comes. He sees help. He can make the right play. He's not a great passer, but he can make the right play. I feel like that's Malone's biggest mistake this year by just blindly going with the guys that won in 54 games last year and not putting this kid in the lineup more. I feel like it's going to put us behind the eight ball a little bit next year, and I feel... A little sad about that. But to go into the question again, no. The, the Nuggets don't have a shot at winning a title this year if the games continue. Lakers and Clippers are too good. But thanks for the question, Jack. Uh, my guy Brendan. Brendan Hogue asked, How much of a mistake was it for the Nets to fire Atkinson? Um, for me, not that much. 
Kenny Atkinson was a good coach for a scrappy group of guys. Um, a guy where there's not a lot of expectation. Um, he's able to put his imprint on the team. He's more of a ball mover, uh, screen away, uh, unselfish type of coach who wants to see multiple guys touch the ball and move. And it's not a mistake for Brooklyn because they have Kyrie and Katie. If they didn't, then maybe this would be a mistake. But this is all about who Katie wants to be the coach. I'm I'm done hearing about who Kyrie wanted to be the coach. It does not matter who Kyrie wanted to be the coach. You know why? Because Kevin Durant's on the damn team. It's all about Kevin Durant. When Katie is healthy, he's maybe the best player in the world. Now we're going to see how he looks coming off the Achilles, but there's already highlights and, and clips of him working out. Dude looks fine. It's going to take him some time to get back into normal NBA shape, but even if he's 80-90% of what he was, he's still 27 at night easy. So I don't think it's much of a mistake at all, as long as they get a competent coach who knows what he's kind of doing. The Nets will be fine. All right, this next question comes in from Reggie. Reggie asked, is it worth it for the Lakers to go for the number one overall seed? The answer is obviously yes. If for some reason the NBA Finals came down to a game seven, where would you want it, Milwaukee or Los Angeles? I think that's pretty straightforward. Now you can say, are the Lakers going to press? Are they going to be pushing their guys too hard? I mean, they've been doing pretty well so far. They've rested LeBron here and there. They've rested AD here and there. But the potential to have a game seven on your home court in the finals. And for a lot of uh, LeBron fans out there, if the Lakers got the number one overall seed and They'd have another feather in their cap to try to argue LeBron's MVP case. That's another reason right there. So yes, Lakers should definitely go for that number one overall seed. All right, next question comes from my guy Andrew Harford. Andrew asks, how's the D'Lo trade looking for the long-term future of the Nets? Um, this kind of goes into the, the firing of Kenny Atkinson. I think it's fine. I hope D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns work things out in Minnesota and become a competent team even though they don't play any defense. But the answer is still it's because Katie and Kyrie are there. Katie and Kyrie are there. That kind of solves everything for them. They just have to fit the ancillary pieces around them. The Nets are going to be fine. Next question comes from Vincent. Vincent asks, do Embiid and Simmons need to be separated to become the best versions of themselves? Now, I kind of made a small mention of this in my first podcast when I wanted to get Ben Simmons off the Sixers and I put him on the Suns and I swapped him for Devin Booker. And that's how I ended up saving Devin Booker. <laughs> yes, they need to be separated. They both operate in the same areas of the court in terms of scoring 
and it puts Embiid on the perimeter way too often, which is so annoying when you watch Sixers games. It's ridiculous. Just to go into a couple of numbers here, of the 617 shots Ben Simmons has taken this year, guess how many he's taken outside of the paint? 32. A 6'9 point guard, 6'10 probably, defensive terror, great passer, good finisher, has only taken 32 shots outside of the paint of his 617 attempts. He can't be on the same team as Embiid. Embiid needs to be in the paint dominating against almost any guy in the league he goes up against. He can't do that with Ben Simmons standing five feet from him. Now people can say, oh, they made it to the Eastern Conference semis. They're the Kawhi shot away from getting to the conference finals. That's, don't give me that crap. They had Jimmy Butler last year. They don't have him no more. They replaced him with old ass Al Horford and Tobias Harris, who's just there. And the leadership on that team is questionable, especially with the head coach, Brett Brown. Yeah, like I said before, I would ship out Simmons. I'd try to get a guard who could uh, create and shoot and keep Giant Embiid in the paint. And that would help each of them become the best version of themselves. Next question comes from the homie Jennifer Huynh. Jennifer asked that she needs help on her bracket. Now, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to matter anymore. I'll give you a couple of couple of my hints um, if if the tournament does go on, but I highly doubt it. Um, especially this year, you want to take the upsets. Take all those 5-12 matchups. I wouldn't mind picking at least three of them. I'd take a couple of 4-13 matchups, definitely a couple of 6-11 matchups. Pick the upsets. They're going to happen. Kansas is going to be the favorite. I wouldn't be too confident in him though past the sweet 16 um if the tournament does go on i hope to see Obi Toppin play a lot he plays for dayton they've been really good undefeated in their conference this year dude six nine has crazy bounce dude in east east bay through the legs dunk in game insane and for the aztec homies uh last couple outings by them have been shaky um they'll I see him getting through the first weekend, um, but that's probably it. If they got to the Elite Eight, that'd be a success for sure. Uh, the the maker of the music for the pod, Lewis Holloway, asked, Dark Horse picks to make a deep run in the playoffs. Now, my answer um, would be the Miami Heat. I was going to say the Indiana Pacers too, but I'm not so sure about them. Because Victor Oladipo isn't all the way healthy. It's going to take him about a year to get back to the way he used to be. So I'm going to pick Miami. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo is an incredible combo. Duncan Robinson, knockdown shooter. Tyler Hero, he's a dog. 
they got some talent. And in the right matchups, they might be able to make a little noise. So if I had to pick a dark horse candidate, it'd be the Heat. Next question comes in from Graham. Graham asked, why did Marv Albert curse Damian Lee? Um, At the end of the Warriors and Raptors game, when um, the Warriors were down four, Damian Lee was at the line. Marv Albert said he's a good free throw shooter. He ended up missing two free throws. I don't know what to tell you, Graham. I'm sorry. You just cursed him. Next question comes in from my guy, Havel Respez. Havel asks, has the MVP race changed after those big two Laker victories? Now, I went on my pod last week and I said that Giannis was the MVP and it wasn't even close. I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment. And say LeBron's taking over the lead or something like that. Has LeBron closed the gap? Yes. Do I still think he's close? No. I I believe just the recency bias on this is just too much. We're just going to forget that Giannis knocked down five threes against him in Milwaukee. We're going to forget... That when they put the black jerseys on in Milwaukee, Giannis took down 80 and Braun like it was nothing. We're going to forget that the Clippers took out the Lakers twice. Now I get it. It's a great weekend and LeBron understood the moment. And LeBron more than any athlete understands the chatter that goes around his name. He knows that the last couple seasons people have been critiquing him about not playing defense. He's seen all the guys around the league amass these triple-double numbers. He could have been the guy who was the first one since Oscar Robertson averaged that triple-double. But it wasn't something that was really on his mind until Russell Westbrook ended up doing it three years in a row. And then LeBron started to say, well, that's that was my job. You know, that was my thing. And now Russ is the guy that took it over. LeBron decided to get in his bag a couple years ago and started picking that up too. So LeBron understands the chatter around him. So he knew how big that weekend would be for him. And he stepped up. And that definitely helped his case, uh, his case for sure. But every statistic and every advanced stat that I put up last week still applies this week. None of that's changed. He still leads LeBron in almost all the advanced stats and the traditional stats. The only difference this week is that he's up two games instead of four. And Giannis being out and his team not looking as great without him, that helps Giannis's case too. So technically you can say, yeah, the race has changed, or actually no, the race hasn't changed. The gap might be a bit smaller, but in my eyes, it's it's still Giannis. Now I got a couple questions from my guy Ryan DeHar. He asked three separate questions, so let's get into these. These will be the last ones for the uh, for the cast. Was Jimmy Butler right that Carl Anthony Towns can't be a face of a can't be a face of a franchise slash centerpiece? My answer for that 
is yes. Carl Anthony Towns is the prototypical big man in this modern era. He shoots a lot of threes. He's mobile, big guy, 6'11", 6'10"-ish. Has a little bit of a handle, can make some passes. Great, great player. He plays negative defense. It's, it's, it's sickening sometimes. For him to be so quick and athletic and not give an ounce of effort defensively to get caught out of position so often, it looks like he's still a rookie sometimes. It's ridiculous. And then you pair him up with Carl, uh, with D'Angelo Russell. D'Lo's a dog. He's lit too, but he don't play no defense either. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is the number one guy you want to lead your franchise. Now, if he's your number two and you have an alpha that can lead the way, then I'd love to have Carl be my number two. And that's eventually what's probably going to happen down the line. Three, four years from now, he's going to request a trade and then end up going somewhere. Kind of go the Anthony Davis route. But yeah, I think Jimmy Butler was right. I don't think he's a face of a franchise kind of guy. And you going back to AD, you see the the kind of the kind of parallel there. Anthony Davis, super talented big man from Kentucky. Only won two playoff games or won a playoff series, excuse me, in his seven years in New Orleans. Always considered a top five guy, but when it came to winning, he wasn't the type of guy who could lift a franchise on his own. And now you see him with LeBron, he's flourishing. Because he doesn't need to have all the responsibility on him. And he can kind of be that really good 1A. While LeBron takes over and is the face of the obvi- obviously the face of the franchise. Another question was, if the Bucks don't make or lo- uh, lost in the finals... How realistic is it for Giannis to leave, and where would he go? Now, I think it's 70-30 Giannis stays. I think the Bucks. I think it's just different for international players, guys who didn't grow up in America. It's just a different vibe. Guys like Dirk stayed around for 20 years. Hakeem Olajuwon stayed with the Rockets forever until that one weird year in Toronto. I think for Giannis, the way that he grew up, and if you see his early rookie stories, he talks about being in Milwaukee and that city embracing him and him being so young, not knowing the language too much, and everyone in that city being being warm and welcoming to him. I think he really appreciates that. So I would not be surprised if Giannis stayed. Plus, they can offer him five years, probably like 250, 260 or something like that. That's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to walk away from. But there's going to be people in Giannis's ear that say Chris Middleton isn't enough. And when Giannis is in a pinch, he's going to need someone who's better than that. Example, the Lakers game when Middleton went 5 for 19. Giannis did his job. He went 32 and 11 and 6. But he needed that other guy to help him. Nobody else did. So if someone's still in Giannis's ear about that, I could see him leaving. And the place I would 
places maybe I think he would go. I think Toronto would be a piece. Um, the structure there is just so good. Coaches is really good. There's a connection with Masai Ujiri. I think Giannis in Toronto would be really nice. The Knicks can just save it. They're not getting anyone. And unfortunately, um, you can't rule out Los Angeles. And I'm talking about the Lakers. Because there's opt-outs for everyone that year, including the the Clipper guys. So the uh, the city of Los Angeles might open up on both teams again. So if I had to pick a team that he'd go to, I'd say Toronto. But you can't rule out the LA teams, obviously. All right, and one more question from Ryan again. Can the power of Fred Van Vliet Jr. be harnessed again to bring the Raptors another chip? Uh, now, this reference is for when Fred Van Vliet, uh, before his son was born, he was playing like ass in the playoffs. And then after his son was born, the kid was on fire. He couldn't miss. And he was a big part of the reason why the Raptors won a title last year. Will that happen again this year? No. Even if he has another kid or whatever it may be. The Raptors just don't have that superstar to take them over the top like a Kawhi did last year. When you remember that Philly game last year, you can just see all the guys on the court. It just looked like they were scared. It looked like nobody wanted wanted part of the fourth quarter. They just gave the ball to Kawhi and said, hey, you lead us. You take us there. He took 37 shots in that game. So yeah, they can probably take another step this year. And I did say they were the biggest threat to the Bucks, and I still think that. But in terms of them riding that wave to a chip, I think I don't think they have enough just yet. But they're still really good. And now I'm gonna close this out with another quick mention about the things going on with the coronavirus, obviously. Big news with the NBA. It's going to be, uh, play is going to be suspended indefinitely. And just going into that a little bit more. Just the coronavirus in general. You know, for the most part, it's not about us. It's not about the people who are, who are young, 20s, 30s, 40s, who are, who have the immune systems to fight this kind of thing. And I've been guilty of this nonchalant kind of thinking too. But it's definitely more about the people around us. It's about the older people around us. It's about our parents. It's about our grandparents. It's about those people who may not have the immune systems like us to fight off a disease like this. So it's up to us to pretty much just do our part. Keep it sanitary. Stay updated on what's going on in the world. And like I said, just do your part. And hopefully we can get back to some semblance of normalcy in this real world. And eventually go back to enjoying the sports we love again. 
Once again, want to thank you guys for listening. This was episode three of the Good Look Podcast. I want to thank you all for taking the time to to to, to listen to what I had to say. It's going to be tough with no NBA games going on to figure out what we're going to do here. But I'll try my best to kind of come up with topics and keep everything interesting. So keep it locked. I still plan on putting these episodes out. I'll let you guys know when things are dropping. Once again, follow me on Instagram at lpinkney. I'll put the, the links in my description. Like, rate, and subscribe. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. I hope you have a good